everyone. Welcome to another episode of CBIA's BizCast. I'm Shannon King. For the past seven weeks, I've been talking with a lot of businesses that are still open, some of which that are producing PPEs for frontline pandemic workers. As a membership organization, it's our responsibility to highlight the stories of all businesses, including the ones that are struggling and haven't been able to open. Last week, I talked to George Francis, owner of Quasi Amusement Park in Middlebury. As you'll hear in my conversation with George, the park's opening weekend was supposed to be this past weekend on April 25th, but because of the pandemic, the opening of his business has been delayed indefinitely. I asked George how he's doing during this time, what his biggest challenges and worries are, and what protocols he plans to put into place to ensure the safety of his staff and customers. Quasi Amusement Park. Um, so actually, it's one of the businesses that hasn't been open recently um, because your season is during the summer. Um, and actually, when I was calling you, I heard on your voicemail message that you haven't established your 2020 opening date. So uh, my first question is, when were you supposed to open or planning to open? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow was our opening day originally. Um, and, you know, at this point, we're just waiting for the governor's uh, game plan on how we're going to reopen. And you know, I think May 20th, he said that they're going to potentially start the slow, the slow opening, which means schools go back, you know, limited gatherings, those type of things. Um, so we still don't have a real good idea as to when businesses like ours can, can open. And the question is, is how do, where do we get lumped into, you know, and if you want, listen to last night's presidential uh, news conference, you know, they talked a little bit about um, UV rays and humidity and sunshine. And, you know, primarily we're an outside venue. So does that, you know, change our category at all? I don't know. And so, I think that's the most frustrating part about this whole program is the lack of guidance and or understanding as to what the parameters are really going to be and who's going to be allowed to open and, you know, to what extent. You know, for example, we're preparing preparing for social distancing and cleaning and masks and all the, all the things that are important to um, – keep this thing under wraps. And again, because we understand the importance of all the guidelines that are being set forth. And, you know, the last thing we want to do is go against the grain, but we feel that we can um, keep within the guidelines that are set forth and still potentially open up a little bit and see how it goes and, um, you know, try to get back to some sort of normalcy, whatever that no normalcy is. Right. So say, just for argument's sake, say you were able to open up sometime in June. Uh, what would be the first protocols you would put into place um, after opening the park? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we have a lot of them that we're going to implement. Um, you know, we're planning on, well, let's take, let, let's take the whole guest experience from the time you pull into our park to the time you're actually utilizing the facility, right? So one of the things we've been talking about is, you know, the social distancing of even how we park cars. 
So maybe we park every other parking spot, <clears throat> which gives guests the opportunity to get out of their vehicle as a family unit or as a group. And I think, you know, again, part of it will be, you know, what are groups, you know, five or more or seven or more, 10 or more, 10 or less rather, um, you know, as a family unit, they can stay together. So they get out of the car together. They can kind of get to the ticket area um, to get into the park. And so we've, we're establishing this, that, that social distancing. We're going to put signage up everywhere, um, reminding people of social distancing and sanitation and hand cleaning. Um, you know, phase two would be we will have hand, more hand sanitizers throughout the park um, in periodic spots just to, so people have the opportunity to maintain hand sanitization. We're looking at taking people's temperatures as they come to, as they come to our gate. And so at the end of the day, employees and customers alike will be tested to make sure that they're, you know, under 100 degrees, right? And if so, then uh, you know, they're going to get probably turned away and or, or we'll find an area where uh, we can retest after they have a chance to cool down. Let's say it's a hot, hot day. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're planning for that. Um, all our, all our employees will have masks, um, and we will require our guests to wear masks. Um, we will have them available for the guests if they need to purchase them at whatever cost it is. Um, and our employees will be given them as part of their uniform, um, and, and constantly re revamped according to the cleanliness and guidelines of which they need to be set. So now we're dealing with, we've already dealt with social distancing, we've dealt with personal hygiene, we've dealt with, you know, having basically healthy people in our establishment. And so that will, that theme will carry throughout. Uh, we also have a team going around disinfecting areas, high, high traffic areas, and each ride will also have the ability and periodic cleaning of wiping down of rides. So we, we maintain a level of cleanliness on the rides as well. So, you know, we've, we're, we're trying to maintain uh, a level of cleanliness, social distancing uh, that we feel are part of the, well, we know that are part of the standard protocol that the governor and the CDC and our health department are looking for. And uh, so we feel that we could give the guests a safe and good experience and the ability to get out and start living again, to, to use a, a better word. Yeah, certainly. Um, do you anticipate that you would limit the total number of um, people that come into the park on one certain day? Uh, whether yes. that Well, what is what is your capacity right now? Uh, well, that's a very good question. Uh, but we're, we're, basing, we're basing it on the square footage of our facility, and I think it's one guest per 150 square. So, you know, we're doing that math now. Um, you know, maybe two 2,000 people max, three, I think would be, you know, this place can handle up to 10, you know, 8,000 people easily. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we're, we're working on those numbers now, uh, but that'll be part of the equation. Okay. Um, if you could tell me, have you applied for any state or federal relief funding, if you're comfortable talking about that and what the process uh, briefly, was? We have applied and gotten it. You know, the problem with the program 
quite frankly, is 75% is based on uh, rehiring people and, and payroll. 20, 25% goes to utilities and or debt um, and the necessity things to, to operate insurance. Now, well, even, you know, and you can lump us in, in the group with restaurants. What happens if we're not allowed to open? There's no way in heck that I'm going to be able to to come close to the same number of employees. And, I, I, you know, be honest with you, even with, if we are allowed to open, I, you know, I don't think we'll be close to the numbers just based on, A, we're not open yet, and we haven't had a chance to really hire and train people. And B, you know, I think we'll, just due to the to the, the things we're talking about, we're going to need less staff. So, you know, again, the forgiveness part of, of these loans um, probably are not going to be, uh, we're not going to be eligible for. So, you know, it's problematic. And, you know, again, I think businesses like ours are going to be in trouble for, for you know, moving forward if we're not allowed to, to do business. Yeah, certainly. Um, if I could ask you, uh, so you were supposed to open tomorrow, um, yep. and how many employees would have been working if you were to open tomorrow at full capacity? Well, again, it's preseason, so I don't know if we would have been at a you know capacity type day, but there probably have been close to two hundred people employed. Okay, so when you, re- you know, during the course of the uh, you know the season, we'll go through well over 500 uh, employees. Okay. So when you do reopen, um, is the thinking that you are not going to hire or bring in as many employees as you previously would have? I, I can't answer that yet. I mean, I, I, we're going to start with, I mean, it really depends on when we're allowed to open. You know, if, we, if we're talking, let's say we're opening July 1st. Um, you know, it's a lot different optics than, you know, June 1st, because uh, June, you know, kids are supposed to be in school and, you know, it's, it's usually a timeline. And, and obviously with schools not being in session, that part of our business is going to be diminished substantially. So I'm not going to need as many people because I'm not going to be that busy, I, I'm assuming. And again, I'm hoping I'm wrong, uh, but, you know, there'll be a ramp up period for sure. Right. So, I'm, I mean, there's, you know, like anything else, you need a baseline, a certain number of people to run the operation. And as, as your attendance increases, you may need to staff additionally. So the baseline won't change. Uh, but the, you know, the growth accordingly, depending on business. You know, again, like I said, we do a lot of churches, we do a lot of camps, we do a lot of schools. But if I'm not catering to camps and churches and schools, those are whole facilities that won't be be using our catering facilities. So that's a whole team of employees that won't be being utilized because there's no business. How have you been communicating with your employees during this time? Oh, that's a good question. You know, we've been trying to onboard through social media, you know, Facebook, uh, Zoom and whatnot, and just kind of keeping in touch with them and trying to get them to apply now, quite frankly, there's hasn't been a strong pool of people coming in looking for jobs. I think they're with with all the programs available to the you know minimum wage workers, they're probably better off taking unemployment and getting their additional six hundred dollars. I mean, it's it's 
our staff is probably better off taking advantage of all the programs available than working. So it's been, and again, I think there's some concern about being in a, in a business where you're dealing with the public. So I'm hoping that once it starts to warm up a little bit, that's the other thing. You know, days like today have not helped in the in the pursuit of trying to get labor, get employees. Or, you know, so there's two problems. There's, you know, when are we going to open? So when am I going to get hired? You know, is it worth coming out here when I can get, you know, my $600 plus unemployment? You've talked about a lot of challenges and worries that you've been experiencing and are going to continue to experience until until your business gets the go-ahead to reopen. So what has been your biggest challenge or worry over the past? Um, I mean, we're in week six. Ending Uncertain. Uncertainty. For, absolutely. Um, the uncertainty of whether or not we're going to be able to open, the uncertainty of what's that footprint going to look like, uh, the uncertainty of, you know, I, I'm getting a lot of calls where people are chomping at the bit to get out. You know, so it's, a, it's kind of a, a mixed signal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this is far reaching. I don't think this is just a, you know, what's the long-term ramifications of this, you know, how is it going to affect, uh, capital improvements down the road? What, you know, what's, what's it going to, you know, all these loans that we're going to have to take out just to get to, to the other side, you know, how does that affect our business and, and our growth and our, our future? So there's a there's a huge number of variables and, and question marks moving forward. So that lack of you know it's it's nice when you know when you can plan for something, and there's nothing to plan. You can't plan for this. You know, how do I plan for not opening or when do I open? You know what what happens if we don't open? You know how do I get to 2021? What's the footprint in 2021? I mean, those are questions that no one can answer. And no one's even coming close to coming, giving an answer. Obviously, this your business, this situation is, uh, I, I imagine I can hear it, that it's incredibly stressful. Um, <laughs> but are what are you doing to try to stay optimistic as much as you can? And then what other advice would you give to other business owners that are in the same position as you. Um, probably restaurants are similar where if they're not doing takeout, they're completely shut down. Um, what advice do you have that for other business owners that are waiting to reopen? Wow, that's a tough question. I, I, you know, we're, we're still planning on that day that we're allowed to open. So we're ready to go. Uh, we're doing everything that's available to us to keep our head above water. Like I know a lot of the the restaurant association has done a great job doing their uh, networking and, and lobbying. Um, you know, the problem is they're a lot bigger group than, you know, the tourism group in Connecticut um, and the outdoor recreational uh, venues. You know, when you really look at this thing, especially social distancing issues, you know, we're an outside venue. You know, you, you, you can walk around here and not be, you know, going through a turnstile seating, you know, inches for the next guy to watch a ball game. So, you know, our, ours is twofold as well as any other businesses. Not only are we concerned gravely about our guests being happy and healthy, but it's also, you know, making sure our, our employees are happy and healthy and display the proper techniques and practices 
to achieve those for themselves and the guests. Last question I have for you. What would you want the state government to know um, as they work in their subcommittees um, to come up with guidelines for reopening businesses in Connecticut? They're going to be meeting over the course yeah. of the next month. Uh, if you could talk to the state government and those individuals on those committees, what would you want them to know or consider? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I, I just saw something I think today, and I can't remember where it was, where we are kind of lumped into as far as a category is concerned. And, you know, I think you got to take businesses very individually. You know, I'm not a bowling alley. I'm not an indoor facility. So why am I lumped in with that grouping? And I'm not saying it's wrong, or I'm not a restaurant, per se. So, yeah, I'm an area where social gatherings could take place, but I could exercise social distancing here. And we, we, you know, we're going to teach all our employees and all our management to police that. So I think you got to really look at the things individually and, and the process to reopen, to allow places like ours to get going with the understanding that these are the key elements that have to be implemented. So I think, you know, to do blanket statements for the businesses is, is very difficult. Okay. So I, you know, I think that's something that to kind of look at. Yeah. Um, I really, yeah, I really appreciate that feedback. Yeah. I mean, you know, places like us and compounds, I mean, we have the ability to entertain people, get them out outside where apparently the, you know, the newest studies are that, you know, quite frankly, the virus doesn't live long in heat, humidity, and UV rays. Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's get back to a little bit of normalcy. Certainly. Well, George, thank you so much for talking with me for a couple minutes this morning. Um, and, of course, you know, I am really sorry that you have to delay your opening because that was supposed to be tomorrow. Um, but I'm wishing you the best of luck and, of course, um, your family and all of your employees, all of them the best of health. Thank you very much, and you too. And I hope, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to have a conversation down the road as to how we came out of this thing together. <laughs> that's that. That's what I'm hoping for. If you know the conversations we're going to have when this, when we slowly start to come back and Connecticut businesses start to reopen, I'm very curious to see how we talk about <laughs> uh, what we were talking about today, months from now. So, thank you so much for being very open and candid with me. Oh, my pleasure, Shane. For the latest COVID-19 information, visit CBIA.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there. <laughs>